Well, good evening, dear listener. Well, it might be eight o'clock on Thursday evening for you, and on the assumption that Gavin was here doing his cowboy show, thank you to him for that. So why am I saying that? Because it's four o'clock in the afternoon for me on a Sunday, because <laughs> I'm not here really. Um, so I won't be asking you to ring in and text in and tell me how wonderful the show is or how dire, either or, because I'm not going to be here. So I've lined up this show for you. I'm recording it on a Sunday afternoon, some 10 days before, because it's the only chance in my diary that I've got to do it. <laughs> I'm very busy, you know. I've got a life. Much as I love my happy classic show, it isn't everything I've got going on. Anyway, so here I am, um, a hologram, if you like. Isn't that what uh, on the Radio 1 DJs used to say? Anyway, here we are. So it's Thursday night for you, Sunday afternoon for me. I uh, hope you've had a good week. I'm not going to talk about the weather, because I've got no idea what it's going to be like in 10 days' time. <laughs> I looked at my diary, or looked at the, the weather forecast the other day and it said it's going to be glorious the first week of August well I hope it is because <laughs> I'm going up north and it's pretty chilly up there so by the time I get to Lancashire I really hope it's going to be a bit warmer than it has been because uh, I had to get my electric blanket out again the other night oh, anyway shall I stop waffling about the weather because I can't really talk about it because I'm not here <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'll just turn off the Queen of Sheba. And uh, what have we got for you? Uh, I've got the usual um, Holy Trinity. We've got, um, ooh, we've got some sunshine music because I am fed up of the weather. And it might be glorious today on the 10th of August. It certainly isn't today when I'm recording this. So um, we haven't seen the sun at all in July. I am fed up of it. So um, bearing in mind, it's still July for me and it might be August for you. I've got some sunshiny music for us all. In the meantime, we always start with a bit of a bang, don't we?
Oh, we start with a bang, as always. We do, we do. Here on Happy Classics on Sid Valley Radio, Carmina Burana by Carl Orff, of course. Oh, Fortuna, the London Philharmonic Orchestra with the London Philharmonic Choir, all under the tender ministrations of David Parry. I wonder if I can persuade our, um, our musical director, Chris Emmett, if you're listening, Chris, how about it? I'd love to sing that. I've never, ever sung that, and uh, I'd love to give it a go. It's one of those tunes you can just really belt out, isn't it? <laughs> As a singer, and I'm I'm a great singer, mate. I'm just fabulous as long as I've got fifty other people behind me, <laughs> which is good because I'm not I'm no soloist. But that's the joy of singing in a choir, isn't it? Even if your voice is fairly average, mine's all right. I've sung in choirs since I was a kid, but uh, I'm not. Uh, I, like I say, I am no soloist, but um, but it is it is the most wonderful um, feeling, isn't it? When you've learnt a piece of music and you can really belt it out and get. Uh, a bit of gratification from the orchestra, not the orchestra, sorry, the audience by way of um, some applause or just knowing that you've just done a, a reasonable job of it. <laughs> because we've got our Christmas concert coming up uh, next season, we start rehearsals in September. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to join us at the parish church in December for that. Of course, I'll be waffling about it every week between now and then. <laughs> I'll tell you more about it then. In the meantime, because I'm sort of still fixated on the weather, because as I said at the top of the show, um, it might be sunny now on the 10th of August. I am still looking outside of the window and I'm thinking I haven't seen the sun for some considerable time. <laughs> so maybe it's come out. But here on a miserable July afternoon while I'm recording this, it most certainly isn't. So here we go. Let's have a little bit of hope, shall we? And some lovely Strauss, the voices of spring. <laughs>
go. Big finish there from Strauss, of course. And um, who was playing that? It came from... <laughs> good question. It actually came from uh, the Waltz Symphony Orchestra. Who knew there was such a thing? Well, obviously you do now and so do I, <laughs> because who knew? And um, I've never heard of that before. And it's from an album called Golden Moments of Waltz. And there's plenty of waltzes on that. I'm not going to do any more waltzes. I don't mind a waltz, but you can have too many of them, can't you? Generally. So it doesn't say who the uh, conductor is, I don't think. So let me have a quick look to see who that person was. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just messing around with my thing. You know, it just, uh, no, 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 it doesn't say who it is. So you can make up your own mind. I mean, generally, Andre Rio does that, does that kind of thing, doesn't he? So we'll, we'll, we'll credit it to him, even though when I was looking for that particular waltz, um, to do it, I did not, I deliberately did not pick Andre Rio. Because <laughs> you hear me waffle about him far too much, don't you? Because having been to see him earlier on this year, obviously not on a personal basis, but I didn't have tea with him or anything, but, uh, um, me and my mate Vera plus a couple of girlies hot-footed it up to Birmingham in March and uh, had a great time watching the show. Talking of shows that I have watched, I've been to see this one on at least three occasions and regular listeners will know she's going to play something from, from uh, Riverdance, isn't she? Yes, she is. <laughs> and I'm going to play, uh, this is, well, I like them all actually, I, I could play any tune off uh, off. Um, off river dance, but I'm going to play fire dance from there because, of course, it's a celebration, isn't it, of music from all over the place because it, it does tell the story of Irish uh, immigrants or emigrants, depending on which way you want to look at it, either leaving Ireland and or arriving in, in, in America and that melting pot that was New York. So this is the fire dance, which is a Spanish dance, of course. And I was going to just play from the, the, the loud bit when it sort of kicks off, but I'm actually going to play from the very quiet bit at the start because it's just such a, a nice juxtaposition. Have a listen. Thank you. 
might be a bit out of breath because I was dancing to that. <laughs> I'm so glad there's not a camera in the studio. <laughs> so embarrassing. Well, it would have been. Anyway, if you want to see somebody really dance that particular uh, dance, the fire dance on um, from uh, Riverdance, you need to go onto YouTube and see um, Michael Flatley along with Maria Pajes doing that dance because it's a brilliant dance and I just I cannot play that without actually getting out of my chair and moving and uh, I think that's what Happy Classics is all about isn't it how does the music take you (laughs) well I was just throwing myself around the studio I'm so glad there was nobody here (laughs) here's a piece of music I cannot hear this without thinking of my youngest son Lewis, who did the, he just studied various pieces of music for his GCSE music, and this was one. And it's uh, there's a, this everyone that he did because he was playing it around the house, and we were just chatting about the music and everything. <laughs> so every time I play this one, and also the Raindrop Prelude from Chopin and a couple of others, I think of Lewis. And I know he's not listening to the show because he's always got something else on on a Thursday night. And to be fair. I don't think he listens anyway. <laughs> he might love his mother. I'm sure he does, but he doesn't listen to me show. But that's okay. You know, we won't hold it against him. Anyway, here we go. The glory of the Lord from Handel.
a great piece of music, isn't it? Handel. I love a bit of Handel. Well, who doesn't? Well, probably quite a few, actually. But anyway, on my show, we love a bit of Handel. And of course, Handel is the uh, is the composer of the piece of music that announces my entry every Thursday evening at eight o'clock here on Sid Valley Radio. But that was the 16 under Harry Christopher's. Doesn't say who was uh, backing them up. Doesn't say who the orchestra was, but I'm assuming they have their own. Who knows? But um, either which way, we're going to say we're going to say Harry Christopher's also conducted the orchestra. Who should remain nameless? Maybe it's a 16 orchestra. I don't know. I should I should know that. This is very naughty of me to, to, to turn up and not be able to give you the background. But uh, don't tell me off. Just keep listening and just forgive me that one. So the man, he, the famous, <laughs> the famous, um, he of the Rice Aria. Uh, no, this is not what I'm playing. Um, Rossini, known as um, the, the last minute, Mr. Last minute dot com of his of his day, um, always always knocked out music just you know because he just could, but he would leave everything to the last minute. But he didn't leave this to the last minute. I'm glad to say because I've got it here today. It's the the overture to the thieving magpie. A great story, isn't it? Of someone who is wrongly accused of having stolen a poor seven girl accused of having stolen a teaspoon or something. And um, poor girl is pilloried until it is found, the teaspoon or whatever it is, the jewel or whatever it is that the, the magpie has nicked has been found and the poor girl is forgiven, which is just as well. But yeah, those thieving magpies, they like the shiny stuff, don't they?
Okay, so for the more um, astute or listening people amongst you, were you really listening to my show? This is what I find out. You would have spotted that that was nothing like Rossini's Thieving Magpie, <laughs> because it was, in fact, because of a technical error, I'm so sorry, the first of our Holy Trinity, Beethoven, <laughs> on the Symphony Number no. 7 in A Major, third movement of, played by the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra under Carlos Clapper. My sincerest apologies. There was a little blip in the system. And next thing you know, the thieving magpie had flown off and uh, Beethoven barnstormed the building. So there we, there we have it. I shall behave. The thieving magpie is coming up in a moment, but I will just say about um, my little Holy Trinity. That's the first member playing this evening. And um, that particular, the Symphony Number no. 7, there was a, there was a, um, I think I can't remember who it was that did it now, but very recently there was a sort of, Let's have a chat with all the all the big orchestras and see which one of Beethoven's symphonies gets played the most. And you, you might think it would be the fifth, wouldn't you? Da, 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 which I played a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but it isn't. It is actually the, the symphony number seven that most of the orchestras, the big orchestras, play it more than in their repertoire than anything else. Any other Beethoven symphony. Strange that, isn't it? Well, it's not strange. It's just what it is. So, but when it's as good as that, of course, they're playing it all the time. Why wouldn't you? So if you, had, if you get that magpie back, I'll just... <laughs> Just, I'll just call it in from outside. It's obviously flying around and uh, we'll get to listen to it this time, shall we?
rousing finish there from the thieving magpie when it finally turned up. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Sorry about the technical. But we, we got there in the end. The London Promenade Orchestra. I do believe this is the first time I've ever played that uh, particular orchestra. The London Promenade Orchestra. Who knew Gilbert Vitner was conducting? A bit of a flashback to the uh, the uh, coronation now. Now I I loved I keep I do wax lyrical about it. I loved that day. I just sat in front of the TV. I don't watch a lot of telly. Honestly, I parked myself in front of the TV at my mate's house about half past eight in the morning and did not move until eleven o'clock that night. It was just that good. Ah. Uh. Anyway, they didn't play this particular piece by William Walton, but um, it's still I think it has been it's definitely been used in um, in coronations. But here we go. Uh, you don't get more regal than this. Orb and Scepter.
Oh, sorry about the little bit of radio silence there. I was just texting the boss because I'm making a mess of something in here today and uh, he's not in because it's Sunday afternoon and I know you're listening on a Thursday night. It's Sunday afternoon for me. <laughs> he's obviously got a day off and uh, there's all sorts going on here and I'm just completely making a mess. But never mind, it's, it, it sounds great from your end, doesn't it? <laughs> Please say yes. Oh, dear, dear, dear. So what was that? Auburn Scepter by the wonderful William Walton. And that was the Leeds Festival Chorus, even though they weren't singing there. That's obviously part of you know their repertoire. And it didn't say who the, um, it doesn't say who the orchestra is, because obviously the Festival Chorus is just the, the choral society, the singers. And I'm just thinking, well, who was the, who was the uh, orchestra and who was the conductor? So I know the conductor at the moment for the Leeds Festival Chorus is Simon Wright. But uh, no idea who that particular um, orchestra was or whether Simon was conducting it. Who knows? But, you know, pick one. I don't know. Maybe it was Simon. It, does it matter? It's just great music, isn't it? <laughs> Says she. OK, moving swiftly on. Um, oh, we've got something from the movies. And I think that, I think I've only got one in from the films tonight. Yes, I only do have one in from the movies tonight. And this is this one. A bit of whimsy now. <laughs> Because you can't have too much, can you? Well, you don't, we don't get too much whimsy these days, but let's have some. Mary Poppins returns. You don't get much more whimsical than that. That's lovely, isn't it? Mark Shaman, um, who wrote that <laughs> lovely piece of music, the soundtrack for uh, 
Mary Poppins Returns, starring Emily Blunt, I believe. I haven't seen that film. I like a bit of whimsy. Um, not too often you get a piece of music on the Happy Classic Show with a whoopee whistle in it, but there you go. Mark himself was conducting the soundtrack orchestra for that piece of music. I think it's lovely, that overture. We've had, we had the, we had a couple of overtures before, but did we have the, the, yeah, we did have the overture for the, uh, TV Magpie. Nothing like as whimsical as that. I do think it's a bit silly. I tell you what I do like. I like that film. What was it with uh, Emma Thompson? She starred as the nanny. Nanny McPhee. That is a great movie. I just think that's just a lovely film. I just like that sort of stuff. Just it's just it's not quite fantasy. Well, it, it, there's something fantastic about it, but it's just a bit daft, isn't it? <laughs> and sometimes there's nothing wrong with a bit daft. So, second of our Holy Trinity. Now, and I used to be able to play this piece back in the day when I was doing my piano exams a thousand years ago, and it is just just a cute little piece of music. Mitsuko Ishida is going to play Piano Sonata number 16 in C major, the first movement thereof.
Oh, it's just wonderful, isn't it? Um, I might have been able to play it, but I didn't play anything like as well as Mitsuko Ushida did just there. It's such a simple piece of music, isn't it? But it's just divine. But that's the beauty of Mozart, isn't it? It's quite uncomplicated, but it's just, it just hits the spot. It gets all the dots on the right place on the stave, doesn't he? Now, this is one of my very favourite pieces of music, and I have uh, mentioned many a time, if you are a regular listener to my show, of my little Rolodex of music, which I have everything on a little thing, and, you know, things pop up, and I think, oh, you know, I haven't played that for however long. And sometimes they will come off my, um, it, it's not about five or six months' worth before something comes back. I think I'm just I'm just releasing the stuff that I was playing in March. And it falls into the bucket of various other things that, you know, get played. And and sometimes I will just whip things straight out of the bucket that have been there a while, or I will whip things straight from the last time they were played to play them again immediately. And there are several pieces of music that I do that with. And this is one such. Now, I keep saying to you, I keep saying this, I'm sort of umming and ahhing, talk about being indecisive. What's that old phrase? Uh, I, I think I'm indecisive, but I'm not quite sure. It's one of those little jokes, isn't it? People say I'm indecisive, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I'm very indecisive because I keep saying I must change my my theme music from the arrival of the Queen of Sheba. Um, <laughs> and I would change it to this because it's such a happy piece of music. It is fantastic. It is everything happy classics is all about, but I can't bring myself. <laughs> Talk about arrogant. I have no delusions of grandeur and I certainly don't have any pretensions around being a royal. So I'm not really the Queen of Sheba. I just like that piece of music. But I certainly don't want to be Dick's maggot. <laughs> Here it is.
Don't tell me that that piece of music did not put a smile on your face because I won't believe you. <laughs> so Mr. Tomlinson, Ernest Tomlinson, uh, one of his English folk dances from the first suite of such. And uh, that was the number number three uh, item, Dick Smaggot. Now, I'm sorry, Ernest, could you have not called it something else so that I could have put it at the beginning of my show? <laughs> Oh, dear, dear, dear. I just think that's a lovely piece of music. Anyway, Ernest himself was conducting the Slovak Radio Symphony Orchestra. Maybe I should just call it. I'll just get over myself and put Dick Smaggot on at the beginning. But then the, the, sad, the, the, the worst thing that I could do then is do that because it's a two and a half minute piece of music. So it's not super long, is it? But I just play the whole thing every week because it's just like, great. I won't be able to bring myself to sort of dial it down sort of 30 seconds through to introduce myself the way that I do with uh, the, the Queen of Sheba. I don't know. I'm just I'm just getting far too big for my own boots, I think. <laughs> anyway, I hope you like Dick Smaggot. I love that one. And it'll be turning up again as soon as it comes off my little Rolodex. It'll be straight back on the playlist. What have I got now? Ah, yes, I did promise you some sunshine music and I've got a couple of pieces now. And I've got something else that's a bit like that as well, but a bit later on. We'll have to wait for that one. So let's just move on. So um, this, I think this is one of our, no, it's not, I was going to say it's the longest piece. It isn't. It's, it's quite possibly the second longest piece on the show this evening. And this is the Concierto de Aranjuez. Did you see, did you see how I did that then? Did you like that? From Rodrigo and John Williams is going to play the second movement from that. And this is definitely sunshine music.
That's great, isn't it? Daniel Barenborn there was conducting um, the English Chamber Orchestra with John Williams, the guitarist. Now, we're going to stay with the wonderful John Williams. Um, no, not not the guy that wrote the music for Harry Potter, the, the, the guy that's just on the guitar, him here. We're going to stay with him because he is such a fantastic exponent, isn't he, of Spanish guitar music. And uh, we'll stay with him and we'll go to Granada. And so that was the music written by Albanis, wasn't it? For He did one for Cordoba and Asturias and everywhere else. So, but anyway, Granada is the one that most people know, and I particularly like it. So we're going to stay with the sunshine music. We're going to stay in Spain. We're going to have that lovely warmth because we haven't had much in July. And I know it's August already, but, you know, we didn't have much in July, did we? So let's keep the heat up and let's get John Williams back in with Granada. Thank you. 
Oh, he's good, isn't he? John Williams, very, very good. And it does bring back memories of Spain. If you've ever been there or if you've never been, it evokes the possibility of lying in the sun or just walking around being very, very warm, which we haven't had much of this year. I keep going on about it, but I swear when I'm, when I'm digging my electric blanket out in July, it's, it's a bad do, isn't it? Anyway, but I am, to be fair, I am incredibly nesh. That's a northern phrase. I always feel the cold. I could have 15 vests on. And, um, and <laughs> good job Gavin isn't here. He's always taking the mickey at me because I talk about my vests. I have many of them and sometimes I wear more than one, <laughs> but not today. I haven't got one on, but you know, you've got to keep warm. Um, actually move on from my underwear. <laughs> the boss is going to sack me. Moving on, moving very swiftly on. Uh, the third and final member of our Holy Trinity bar. We've not had him yet. Let's have him now. And this is the shortest piece. In the show tonight, only one minute and 23 seconds long. And um, Gottfried van der Goltz is going to take one breath and do this whole flute thing in one go. Very short and sweet. Very sweet indeed. Sweet number two in B, in B minor. The seventh mo movement of that. Also, that's easy for me to say. Obviously, my mouth isn't working. The Bedinari, the lovely J.S. Bach there. Gottfried van der Goltz on the flute, conducted by Petra Mullianza, who was also conducting the Freiburger Baroque Orchestra, who were doing all the lovely stuff in the background. Great piece of music there, isn't it? Well, it's all great, isn't it? It's Happy Classics. Of course it is. Happy Classics here on Sid Valley Radio. And um, I did, I, I've normally sort of mentioned, and I should do because we're nearly towards the end of half an hour to go, um, nearly towards the end of the show. And I normally say that there's loads of music uh, on Sid Valley Radio, not just me here. There's lots of other stuff. There's Gavin, who's the show before me, is Cowboy Music. He does his listener's choice at the weekend and loads of other things. Does his, his chart show, doesn't he, on a Saturday morning? And we've got April doing her dance music. We've got the folky guys on a Monday or Tuesday night, can't remember which. And we've got the lovely Anthony does his jazz show. Bob, the boss, does his show every day of the week and he's always busy. So there's loads, isn't there? There's, 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 there's tons. So go and have a look and see what else we've got to offer. And also, if you can't listen to a chosen piece of a chosen show that you would like at your chosen time, you can download the podcast of the previous week's show. 
And I know that several of my listeners do that because they're not always around on a Thursday night. I mean, like I said before about my son, who's always busy on a Thursday night. And I have a suspicion, even if he wasn't busy on a Thursday night, he wouldn't be listening to his mother. <laughs> but that's OK. If you can't listen to me on a Thursday evening, download me and play me whenever it's convenient. Always happy to be at your musical service whenever. One of my very favourite composers now and my favourite uh, symphony of his, Schubert. Uh, comes, oh, I think he comes fourth behind the Mozart, Bach and Beethoven trio. And this is the second movement of his Symphony Number no. 5 in B-flat. He was only 18 when he wrote this. I always say that about this piece of music because this was his fifth. So he, he had been very busy before he was 18. And I always say, what were you doing when you were 18? Sort of hanging around the back of the bike sheds probably. But uh, Schubert wasn't, was he?
that's just so adorable. It's like having a nice shoulder massage. <laughs> oh, I love Schubert. Royal Concert about Orchestra under Leonard Bernstein. You wouldn't have thought so, would you? He, if you I'm not going to sing it. I always do. West Side Story. But he was a brilliant composer in his own right, wasn't he? And he conducted all sorts of wonderful classical music, including that one. Bit of Verdi now. Normally we have, uh, if we're going to do Verdi, we do the loud stuff, don't we? The, the Grand March from Aida and stuff like that. But not this end of the show, because it does get, get a bit quieter before I took you into bed at 10 o'clock. And we're going to have the uh, Prelude to Act One from La Traviata.
sweet, isn't it? Just a little bit of little bit of opera, but without them singing. <laughs> La Traviata. Pelutwack won the National Philharmonic Orchestra under Richard Bonning. I always want to say Boninge because it's spelled with N-G-E on the end. I don't know why it says Bonning, but I, I would say Boninge, but I know it's wrong. I did promise you a little earlier that we hadn't finished with the, the guitar music. And we've got Craig Ogden now. And this is... Uh, a, piece of pop music that's been set to uh to get classical guitar and Milos Karadaglic that another fantastic exponent of the classical guitar is going to play it for us and it's a piece of music that you all know it is the sound of silence by Garfunkel and Simon all the way around Simon and Garfunkel you know who I mean That's just sublime, isn't it? Absolutely sublime. And it's what I always say about if you've got a great piece of music, you can take it in any direction. And uh, and I don't know whether Paul Simon, when he wrote that, would ever imagine that it would be played by classical, you know, classical guitarists along with uh, an orchestral ensemble behind. And that, that was the 12 ensemble that was backing up Milos Karadaglic there. 
But whether he did or whether he didn't, it doesn't matter, does it? Does it? Because that was just, just gorgeous. It's, I'm almost, I'm almost speechless. But as you know, I can talk the hind leg off. I was talking to uh, a relatively new listener uh, of mine recently who just started to listen to my show on a regular basis. And he said to me, Denise, he says, what do you do about, there's so much lovely sad music. How can you play sad music on a show called Happy Classics? And I said, ah, well, there you go. And I do. And I'm about to play something called the Miserere, which, which does what it says on the tin. It's pretty miserable. But this, um, but it's such a gorgeous piece of music. It isn't about being happy. It's about being emotional, I'm guessing. And I just think, how can you be happy unless you know that you've been sad or can put yourself in the position of knowing that there is sadness out there? So this is a piece by Gregorio uh, Allegri, and uh, this is a very, very old piece. And the Talis Scholars under Peter Phillips, it's an acapella piece. It's just gorgeous. It was it was written for um, the Vatican, wasn't it? And they didn't allow it out until it allegedly. And this, uh, I'm not sure it's a real story, but I like to hear it. I'd like to I'd like to think it's true. Allegedly, a young 15 year old Mozart went in there and heard this piece of music. And then left the room and then or left the, the, the Sistine Chapel, wrote it down and came back the next day just to tidy it up to make sure that he got it right. Anyway, we are playing out on this piece tonight. We are not going to hear it all, unfortunately. I've been doing far too much chatting, but you'll hear eight minutes of it. <laughs> and uh, it is The Miserere by Gregorio Allegri. And I will um, hope that you will join me next Thursday for a live version, because this has been a record, as I did say at the beginning of the show, a live version of um, Happy Classics here on Sid Valley Radio. Until then, have a great week. See you then.
Sie 